Well, good morning. A few weeks ago, I went to one of my neighbors to visit this really cool tree house that he had built. And he invited me up to see this new tree house he built for his kids. And he was up in it working. I got there and the first words were, let me grab the ladder. And I was like, I can jump up there. That's no problem. And so I saw the platform and I thought in my head, I could see myself jumping and grabbing hold of it and just pulling myself up. I didn't get anywhere near it. And I jumped a couple of other times. My wife was like, just get the ladder, please. I don't want to go to the emergency room. And there was this gap between where I thought I could jump and where I could actually jump. Some of you today, this message is for you because you feel this gap between where you are and where God is. That there's something in your life that something drew you here and so Maybe you want to know, how can I feel, fill up that gap between me and God? If you followed Christ for a while, perhaps you felt that. There are times when you feel really close to God and things are going great. And then there are times when you feel this distance between you and God. So for several weeks, we're talking about some of the foundations of the Christian faith. The things that will help us think like Jesus thought, act like Jesus acted, and be like Jesus was. Because that's our goal if we're a follower of Christ. And we've designed this series so if you're one of those people that just come every now and then, every message that you hear in this new series, you're going to get something out of it. You won't feel like you missed anything because everyone just kind of stands alone. But also if you're here for the whole thing, you're going to see this thread that goes through every message over the next several weeks. And today I'm talking about the foundational truth that God is really big, but God is also personally involved in our lives. He's way out there, but he's close and personal at the same time. And you might think close and personal, that's what I've been hoping for. That's what I've been longing for. Maybe you're dealing with issues in your life and you're thinking, I would love it if God just showed up and let me know that he was here in the details of my life to help me through the hurts, to get me over the regrets, to help me address my fears in the future. See, when, when we feel this distance between us and God, when we feel like life's not going the way we thought it would, or we're searching for something and we're not sure what it is, we have a choice. And oftentimes we choose something other than God to fill us up. We choose uh, our careers. We might choose a relationship. Uh, we might choose money. We might choose experiences. Uh, but we choose something other than God to fill us up. And what we've learned so far in this series this year is that those are all false gods that promise to deliver but never can do, do that consistently. So false gods like that promise what the one true God can deliver. Feeling that God is distant is not abnormal. It doesn't mean uh, that you're, you just don't have a spiritual bone in your body. Feeling that God is distant doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you're a failure. People have always dealt with this ebb and flow of feeling like God is close, God is far. God is close, God is far. 
In the New Testament, there's a story about a teacher who was teaching a group of people and noticed that they too felt God was far off. And we're gonna look at his story. It's in the New Testament book of Acts. There's some Bibles come down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, raise your hand. You can have it, you can borrow it. You can also read along on the screen. The book of Acts in the New Testament is a unique book. It tells the story of how the first century church began. If you wanna know how did people respond to Jesus and what did they do, read the book of Acts. If you wanna know what did the church do day to day, read the book of Acts. How did the message of Christ spread? Read the book of Acts. It's where we get many of our practices that we do as a church. It's from the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, there is a guy named Paul who didn't know Jesus but had this radical encounter with Jesus. And then he became this very vocal spokesperson on behalf of Christ. So much so, it got him in trouble all the time. And we're going to look at an episode in Paul's life where he was speaking on behalf of Jesus and it got him in trouble. He was in Athens and he was talking about Jesus and he was letting people know about him and it got him in trouble. They told him to stop. In fact, they arrested him and they took him before the council, the leaders, to tell him to stop. And when he had a chance to speak with them, this is what he said, Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 22. It says, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you're very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. So he notices these are religious people. They are crying out to something greater than them. So he would have been looking at all the statues and the altars of these uh, Greek gods, of these Roman gods, these deities that they're trying to reach out to to find meaning in life. So he starts with them where we should start with anybody who's searching right where they are. He does not say to them, you are idiots. There's not a bunch of gods. There's one God. Come on. Now get with it. He didn't present it like that. He started right where they were. Here's a group of people reaching out for something more, reaching out for something bigger, and they realize that they may not have it all together, so they've got all of these deities lined up, and then they say, well, let's just do unknown because that way we cover everything. And it's the one that attracts, that is attracted by Paul's attention. And he looks, and he looks at them, and he sees this inscription, the unknown God. And he realizes clearly these people are struggling with the idea of God being knowable, of him being close. And so he explains to them the bigness of God, how he created everything, how he spoke the world into existence. And he paints this picture for them of how big God is. This unknown God, he says to them, is big and he created everything. Well, all the gods that they would have known or thought they knew would have been big. 
There's the God over all the weather and the rain and fertility and all that. So they just see these huge gods and he's saying, no, this God is bigger, bigger than all of them. And then he does something that the other gods don't do. He personalizes it. And he puts God in their lives personally when he says this. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. He's saying this unknown God that you're trying to identify, he's not far at all. In fact, he's near. You may not realize it, but you realizing it is not dependent upon what he does. He's near, even though you don't know it. He's near you. A little while ago, I was uh, coming back from a trip and I was getting ready to get on my flight. And I noticed uh, as we were getting ready to board the plane, there were people just kind of surrounded around this one couple. And I thought, hmm, might be famous. So I'll look over and people are getting autographs. They're taking selfies with these people. And I thought, well, they can't be that famous because we're flying Southwest. So, <laughs> so I keep looking. I do not recognize them at all. And we get on the, they're on the same flight. So we get on the flight and I sit down and the woman sits right down, the, right across the aisle from me, the guy on the other side of her. Flight attendants are coming up, hey, taking selfies, getting autographs. And I'm thinking, I've got to know who this lady is because I'd, I'd never seen her before in my life. And so finally I got up the courage to say, excuse me, ma'am, who, who are you? You know, <laughs> clearly people know who you are. I don't, I feel a little left out. And it was this lady right here and this guy sitting right beside me. Well, some of you know who that is. That's the uh, love it or list it people from HGTV. I had no idea who they were. I didn't know they were famous. I didn't even know why they were famous. She had a British accent. I thought that was kind of cool. I listened. I, and, and so I had a conversation with this lady. Turns out they were doing, I think, a show in Carrie, and she was flying here to have their whole crew with them. And I didn't have a clue who she was. But she was right beside of me. Some of you are like that with God. He's right there. You may not realize it. You may not know it. There may be people all around you that know him. But he's sitting right beside of you. And you don't even know it. See, just because I didn't know who she was didn't change the fact she was there. Just because you don't know God, it doesn't mean he's not there. Just because you don't feel him, it does not mean he's not there. Paul is saying to this group of people, finding God should not be a far journey for anyone because God desires that. He set the world up that way. So you would make your way toward him. And he declares God is not far from any of us. But if you're waiting for, I got to feel God next to me. I got to feel him before I know it. He's not going to be any further or closer because of your feelings. So here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul was trying to tell this group of people about God. God wants me to know that he is near. I can find God because he's near. God is far and big, but God is also near. 
when our now 21-year-old went to kindergarten, that's a traumatic time in the life of parents, when your first goes off to kindergarten and gets on a bus. And she's independent. She insisted on riding the bus the first day of kindergarten. And my wife and I are crying. And I get in the car and I follow it to the school. I did that for five straight days. I stood behind a tree. It's a wonder I didn't get arrested. I stood behind the tree. And I watched little Molly go into the school building every day. She had no awareness I was there. I told her much later. And she's like, oh my gosh, you did not do that. I did. I even videoed one day. Somebody would get arrested for that today, but it didn't happen. I was there watching her, even though she didn't know it. God is here with us, even though you may not know it. He's with you. Now, it may be a hard concept to grasp. How can he be this big God and do all of this and know everybody at the same time, seven billion people on the planet, and you're saying he knows everybody. Yeah. Is that easy to explain? No. Is that easy to understand? Not at all. But we, we are comfortable with things we don't understand all the time. You embrace things that you don't understand. Think about technology. Now, there are some really sharp engineer minds in here, and you could tell us how Wi-Fi works, but most of us, you don't have a clue. You just know it works. How does that go through the air? How does that work? I remember in school, in college, that a professor said, one day, that computer that's on your desk will be the size to fit in your pocket. And we were like, get out. And he said, and everybody, this was in the early 90s, and everybody will have their own phone number. It won't be a family number. It'll be an individual number. And I remember thinking, why in the world would you need that? But it came along. And we didn't understand how or why, but we're really comfortable with it. I got my mother, 81-year-old mother, an iPhone. And I taught her how to text. And she texts me now. She gets FaceTime and Facebook mixed up. And, and she does try to, she'll try to FaceTime me and I see her side of her face, you know, because she's trying to talk. <laughs> And she just doesn't get that. I know, oh, that's sweet. But she does. She gives it her best. And then she's just amazed, like, I can see him. And then she'll hang up and she's telling her sisters, I just saw him on my phone. I saw him. And she doesn't understand how any of that works, but I still get texts from her. Her grandkids still get texts and pictures from her. She has no clue how it works, but she's embraced that technology that she doesn't understand. So thinking that, well, I have to understand everything about God to be close to him. You're comfortable with embracing things you don't understand all the time. And that's what the apostle Paul is trying to tell these people. You may not know right now and you may not understand, but it doesn't change the fact that God wants to be near me. Listen to this Old Testament song. It's in the book of Psalms written by a king who was trying to express what it was like for God to be near. In Psalm 139, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know everything I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. 
you place your hand of blessing on my head. See, King David was comfortable with God is out in front of me, but God is also behind me. He had embraced that which was difficult to understand. He just embraced the fact that God wants me to know that he is aware. He wants me to know he's near, but he wants me to know that he is aware. When we first got our girls' smartphones, I installed the app so I could track where they were. You should do it too if you have kids with phones. Now, one of the girls wanted to know, why do you need to do that? I said, first item of business, I own the phone. I bought the phone. I pay the bill. So I'm going to know where you are, and that phone is all the time. Anytime you don't like that, you can go get your own phone. You can pay for it. She's like, I get it. I just wondered. You know, I don't want you to do anything. I was just wondering, why do you want? And I said, that's why, because it's my phone, and you're my child, and I'm going to know where you are at all times. They're in college now, and I still, like, when you don't want me to know, go get your own phone. And so I'll probably know for the rest of their lives where they are. They'll, they'll figure out, hey, long as he knows where I am, or at least where my phone is, I don't have to pay for it. But I can, I can be aware right now of where they are, and a lot of other people in my family, we're all on the Find My Friends thing together, so we can look and be aware where each other are at any time. God is aware of where you are and what you're going through at any time. You're hurt and you wonder how you're going to get through it. He's aware of that. You look at your past and a bunch of regrets and you think, how am I ever going to get over that? I'm going to leave that in the past. He's aware of what you're dealing with. You've got relationship conflict at home or at work, and it just you don't see how it's going to work out. He's aware of that. Things that you're dealing with inside that you do that you wish you didn't, and if anybody found out, it might be the end of a relationship. He's aware of that. He wants to be near you, and he's aware of what's going on in your life. So if you're searching for God... If you haven't yet decided that, that he is who he says he is, I think, I think you're here for a reason. You keep coming here for a reason. Maybe today's your first day, even if somebody had to force you to be here. You're here for a reason. And you need to know that God wants to be near you and God is aware of what's happening in your life. Could it be he's aware of your searching? He's aware of your questions? Of course. You question whether he exists. You question whether or not he's involved in your life. He's aware of that too. Maybe you're just waiting for that fact that you can find that will make you trust God. It is very difficult to trust and someone you don't know. If you have daughters, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Well, if they're grown, you'll know this with me. If they're little, one day, a guy's gonna come to your house and ask if he can take your child out of your presence in a car and you not be with them. That's gonna happen. So get ready for it. And I'm gonna help you. If you're not there yet, I'm gonna help you get ready for it. When that boy comes in, call him a boy. Make sure you say that. 
look him in the eye and you say, I don't trust you. And I don't trust you because I don't know you. My daughter wants to go out with you, so I assume she likes you. So I'm going to give you a chance, but you need to know. While forgiveness might come, mercy will not. (laughs) If you hurt my child. And I'll give you the chance to earn my trust. Would you trust anybody with your kids that you didn't know? Of course not. So if you're wanting to trust God and saying, I'll trust God when this happens. Well, why don't you take the first step? Because that's not the first step. The first step is to take a step towards God to get to know him. Get to know who he is. See, getting to know God, that'll help me trust God. You don't just wake up one day and go, yeah, I think I'll trust God. Never have before, but I think I will. If you don't know him. So the first question should be, how do I get to know him? Not, am I going to trust him? Start with getting to know who he is. Now, how do you do that? Well, you're doing a great job right now. You're showing up at a place where uh, we designed this 60 minutes so you will be inspired to make you feel something, to make you think something, to help you make a connection or something in this 60 minutes. That's what has been prayed for. There are days that I come in on Saturday night or Sunday morning and I sit in many different chairs in this room, literally, and I'll just pray for whoever's sitting there. God, speak to them. God, let them be inspired. Help them take a next step. So you're doing a great job getting to know God by just showing up. But you can't just stay there. We say it like this. We want everybody to move from being in a row where you can be inspired, you can laugh, you can enjoy it, but we want you to get in a circle. A group of people who also follow God, who know him, that can help you grow in your knowledge about who God is so you can know you can trust this God that says he wants to be involved in your life. We call those groups. There's a lot of different types of groups. There's groups that couples can go to. There's groups that just men, just women can go to. We start our little kids off over there on the other side of the building. They're in groups, teaching them, this is where real growth takes place. This is where really getting to know God takes place in the context of a group. If you're not in one, just go to findmygroup.com and you can find one that meets just about any day of the week to start to get to know who God is. Because it's really hard to trust him if you don't understand and pursue him in a personal way. So maybe the first step for you Just get to know him. Just get to know how God is. Just look into his word, not with a critical eye, but with an eye of how can I get to know God through what I'm learning? Look to other people who look like they follow him and get in a circle with people that can help you get to know him so one day you can trust him. I want you to know that God is aware of what's going on in your life. Now, I want to go back to Psalm 139, and I want us to read it together. I want to do a call and response. I'll read it. You read it back. It's on the screen. You don't have to memorize it. Just read what's on the screen. In Psalm 139, it says this, O Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me. 
You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Read that over and over to yourself. So you can know that God is near, God is aware, and God can be trusted. Many of you may need to take that step today and say, I want to get to know him. Or maybe you know him and you're saying, I know him enough. I need to trust in him. I need to get to know his son, Jesus. If that's you, come down after the service. We would love to talk to you about what it means to take that step. Because God is near. God is aware. And God can be trusted. Let's pray. God, we live in an uncertain world and we know, many of us know, that with you there is certainty. And God, I pray for people in this room that have yet to trust in you, people that don't know you, people that don't know that you're aware of every hurt, every tear, every problem that they're going through. And God, may every person know that just because we may not sense your presence doesn't mean you're no less involved in our lives. God, I pray that as we sing this song in a minute that you speak to the people who need to hear your voice. Help move them, help shape them, and help them to trust in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.